0: God is great. God is great. And we need to be great. Amen. Our God is great. Good morning. Thank you for joining us online, right where you are, uh, whether you be on our website, Facebook, or YouTube. I encourage you to like, subscribe, and join us on there, and welcome to Zion, Baptist Church Morning Worship. We're trying so hard to be the greatest loving church in the world, building a better community. We want to welcome you to worship and join us a little something like this. you,
1: you, you, no 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 For Jesus am not going to be able to do that. ¡Suscríbete Oh, I know oh. you're So I, know I can sing to you this song. I just want to say that I love you more than you of
0: you. In your
1: heart, you are my shield to drop this we
0: Love for our Lord and Savior. How we worship Him and adore Him. Just at this moment in time, just, just surrender right there in His presence. Think about how great is His love towards you, Think how nothing withheld there from dying on the cross so that you might have life and have life more ability. Think how He loved you before you even knew and understood how to love. That his love is not based on condition. His love is not based on what you can do for him. But he freely loves you because of who you are. You are his child. You are created for his glory. And he died so that you will forever be in his presence. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So surrender to him right now, right here in this place, right where you are. Meditate on how great is this awesome, magnificent love that climbs from heaven and greets us here on earth with tremendous joy and peace and breath. Fill us up, O God, with your love, with your grace, with your power and your mercy. Come on, sing this song and say, I love you. i oh, worship And adore you. Come on. Just want to tell. Lord, I love
1: you.
0: Where is this confession you. your love
1: I love him, I who he is you.
0: Coming from the New Testament Galatians in the third chapter, as you continue to walk through Galatians, I'll be reading verses 1 to 14 of the third chapter. The Word of God says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again. Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. But the scriptures says it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing, for it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit, through faith. Praise God for His Word. Amen. He placed the kingdom on the worship of our God.
1: you <laughs> I'll oh, see, oh, see.
0: How great is our God. Let us pray. Mighty God, we ask you to enlighten us with your spirit and your truth. Almighty Father, I have on our way here in this place. May your word get in our heart that we might not sin against you and that we might see Jesus. Him crucified, resurrected and rose again, exalted seated at the right hand, empowered. By His Majesty. Fill us with your presence, with your purpose, with the power of your word. Father God, I pray that you allow me to preach with power, bring truth to your people, that it truly be Lord, all of you and none of you. Holy Spirit have thine always pray. Amen. As we continue on our study, I'm looking in Galatians, the third chapter. We've come to this moment of time now in the third chapter. We continue seeing um, Paul pointing out to them again the emphasis of proclaiming this gospel, believing in this gospel, trusting uh, in this gospel. And as doing so, we we see him pointing out to them that the gospel was happening here, that he's pointing out that there are some Judaizers saying that these Gentiles, those who are not born Jews, are not living right because they got to, follow the Jewish customs in order to be right with God. And so what they're dealing with is that they have to work for their salvation, and Paul was pointing out a preacher's gospel, that's not what we preach. Uh, We preach that Christ died so that we might be saved, because there's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. That's where we get the theological term of justification, that we are justified because of our faith in Jesus Christ, not because of what we have done, but because of the work that Christ has done for us. And so in that aspect of understanding what it means to be saved and preaching and teaching this gospel, Paul also highlights when we look in this third chapter about what does it mean to experience your own salvation. Have you ever read a book and then and talk to you about a country, a nation, a historical moments, and then you got a chance to visit there. And then everything that you read came back to life because you got to experience now with your senses. You got to smell, you got to feel, you got to touch and start to realize, like, oh, uh, this is what happened here. And then you can kind of imagine and use all your senses from the Word and the Scripture and experience what possibly might have taken place in this space. Hence why many times we have tourist attractions because people read about it, but they want to experience for themselves. You could tell somebody how beautiful the Grand Canyon is, right? But when they go for themselves, they'll be like, you're right. <laughs> it is an amazing sight. You could tell somebody the awesomeness of Niagara Falls and a waterfall, and they can look on TV and see it. But if they go there and see how really big it really is, then, then too, they will be in awe of this sight. Same situation about the Statue of Liberty. You see it all the time on TV. And then to get there to see how big it really is, you're like, oh, this is an awesome sight uh, to behold. What I want to highlight here is that can you imagine the time and remember the time when you heard the gospel and you believed it for the first time and that experience that you felt, that emotion that you felt, that caused you to change your life. To cause you to change the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you move, because of the experience of the gospel entering you, transforming you, and changing you. Do you remember that? That the hymn that says, "Take me back, right? You know, to our first belief, right? To think about of how it meant the joy of mine." Salvation. Many of us can share our testimony because we remember that experience. We can express, we can remember the moment in time that our heart was hurt and we were crushed to call to repent and transform and give our life to Christ. What I encourage us in today is that I want us to be encouraged to know that walking out this faith, walking out this life, that we want to be righteous because of our faith and we are It's a response because of what God is doing in us. Think about how you change your life because of that experience you felt and you said, man, that feels good to do what's right. It feels good to confess to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It feels good to know the Lord for myself. So we want to live out our faith, not because we're working to be saved. We are living out our faith because we are saved, because we've been changed. And the beautiful thing we're going to talk about today, another theological term, about how when God accounted or credited to Abram righteousness because of his faith. And because of our faith in Jesus Christ, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we are credited righteousness. And many of us understand credit definitely in our economical situation we're in right now. We understand when somebody gives you credit. Right. When they put money on your account and allow you to have money that you didn't earn y'all quiet on, and able to use it for your expenses uh, to gain this credit means that there's nothing I did to earn it. But it was put on my account. And so here it is that Paul is writing to them or pointing out to them that you are now negating what God has already done. By telling these Gentiles, those who are not born Jews, that they must be circumcised and obey the law that you have been redeemed of. And he's going to we're going to get into this about there's a contrast here about the curse of the law and the blessing of grace. Did somebody said the blessing of grace. Blessing. And so we're going to get into that again. So let me highlight again uh, verses one through four as we look into this text. It says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect? By your own human effort, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? And so I want to highlight here that he's pointing out that you foolish Galatians, how, how have you been bewitched? How have you been confused? How have you been led astray by not understanding the gospel you first received is true? For, he says, for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear, as vivid, as explicit, as if you had seen the picture. What he's pointing out that you experience this through the awesomeness of this preaching of this gospel. What he's pointing out to them that that Paul is pointing out, I preach this message to you so vividly, so explicitly, so clear, it's as if you were there. We sing that song often times in our passing week. Were you there when they crucified my Jesus? Right? To put yourself in that position and say, were you there when they nailed him to the cross? Were you there when they had uh, whipped him on our line? Were you there in all the moments of him going up to the cross to imagine us there to realize that he did that for me? To personalize this and to identify the passion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we would be delivered and set free from the wages and the penalty of death, but that we might have life more abundantly. And what he's pointing out to them that if you understood that, right, then you did not get the Holy Spirit by obeying the law. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit didn't come from obeying the law. We understand Pentecost, right? Half and half the Christ died on the cross. And he rose from the grave and he sent it to heaven. he told the apostles to wait, and they waited for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, Acts testifies about the movement of God because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so he's pointing out to them that you already know the evidence that you have experienced personally of the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's why earlier in second chapter, verse 20 of this letter, he says, My old self has been died it has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, but by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave him self for me again. The vividly imagery of understanding the penalty, the punishment that our Lord and Savior was willing to go through so that we might be redeemed. And now we are gifted with the spirit of God that will enable us to hear from God, to know of God. And Jesus pointed out when he says, I will send you the advocate, I'll send you the Paraclete to teach you all things, to observe all things. It will convict you of the truth of God. And so when we have the spirit, it enables us to walk now in a better understanding of how to live out the word of God, the will of God. And so that's why he points out in verse five, and says, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? He answers this question, of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. The church, and Acts records it, right, the evidence of God moving in his church and his kingdom was that signs and wonders confirmed the movement of God. Second chapter, verse 22, says, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. So you see here, the ex-writers pointing out evidence that God was using Jesus, but he confirmed his ministry with miracles and wonders, and he says, as you all know. Acts 5 verse 13 says, but no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them because of the miracles and the signs that were done before them. Acts 6 chapter verse 8 says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. And, and so we've seen that the believers were coming to understand because of the marks of God blessing their ministry. And this is a situation that even Jesus in Nazareth, he wasn't able to do miracles, much miracles in Nazareth, because of their unbelief, because they did not fully believe him to be who he says he is. Mark 6, chapter 4 through 6 says, then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, He couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few six people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. And so you see here again, God brings evidence to his ministry, to the work of the kingdom, by us being able to be witness to amazing signs and wonders. Think about how the miraculous joy we endure when we come and claim Jesus Christ as our personal Lord instead. Think about the joy we feel when we're able to celebrate the baptism of one of our brothers and sisters coming into the fold of Christ. Think about the joy we feel when we can testify how God has brought us out of mires and circumstances and tribulations and troubles and sickness and illness and say our God has been good to us, think about the joy we have, and know that regardless of what's happening in this world, it cannot stop us, it cannot hinder us, because greater is our reward in heaven than here on earth. The joy of understanding that He is the center of my joy, He is a reason for my joy, Experience we gain because of the fellowship, the right relationship we have with God because of Jesus. And so now we see here he's pointing out to them that you, you understand how God has been moving in your life because you've seen how things change once you believe this message. It, it wasn't because you obeyed the law. It's because you believe this message that you've seen your life has changed. But now that does not give them credit. From what they've only they personally have experienced, Paul says, "Well, let me help you out in some Old Testament teaching." Uh, Abraham, uh, the father of this religion, uh, Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord right here. We teach this as kids in, in, in nursery school, in Sunday school, case of Bible School, right, to understand this promise, right? Father Abraham. Because of Abraham, we are blessed. And we are blessed because of Abraham was faithful to God. We are not blessed because of what we have done, but we are blessed because of what Abraham has done. That's what it's pointing out here. Because Abraham trusted God. And he was not selfless, He was not self-gratifying. But he trusted God and did what God called him. He went to a land he'd never been to. He followed God as a nomad in a region. And he waited some years before he even had the child. He said he was a 100 years old. But God finally told him, he's about to have a baby. And he was shocked. He's like, I'm old. Now I'm going to have a child. Even his wife laughed. God said, why is she laughing? And she said, I ain't laughing. He's like, no, nah, I heard you laugh." But is it anything too hard for God? So God let them know that To you it may seem impossible, but I can take what's dead and make a lie. And because of Abraham's faithfulness, we know the blessing of God in this covenant. Now, here's how this is driving it home. Uh, Abraham precedes Moses. So Abraham is some 430 years before Moses, before the law. So how is it that God has claimed Abraham righteous and he did not observe the law? Say it again. Because God can.
1: <laughs>
0: you see, God is what declares us righteous, not the law. The law shows us. our we the law souls us? Our sin. The law exposes how we can fall short, but also those law souls us how we is an honor God. But the law does not save us. Paul is quoted in Genesis 15 and 6, and it says, And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Again, the word accounted, right, is that accounting term of being, basically, it was put on your account. Uh, Basically, God created a tab for Abraham. And thank God we could be put on Abraham's tab. You don't have to cover it. Put it on the tab. I'm walking on out. It's already covered. It's already it's, it's paid for. Because someone else is going to pay the price. And what it is that God said, I have already blessed you. But here's a blessing here. He says, Abraham, I'm going to bless those who bless you, but I will curse those who curse you. Which means that God is looking out for his people. And so Abraham is not counted righteous by obeying the law of Moses because Abraham is before Moses. But Abraham was kind of righteous because of his faithful works in God. He trusts God to do what he said he's going to do. Paul shows that the law does not make one righteous, but God is the one who declares one righteous or not. The real children of Abraham are who put their faith in God. Faith in God is action, not just words. Help your neighbor tell them faith is action and not just words. Faith involves you submitting and surrendering to the will of God. Meaning that you are trusting God enough that you'll do exactly what he says. And here's the situation here. That it's not that you don't question him, it's that you will do what he asks you to do. You can still question, but you can still do it. Let me help you out. Peter is in a storm. Jesus walking on water. Jesus asks questions. Jesus already said, "It's me already." Jesus already said, "It's me, it's I." Don't be scared, y'all. It's me walking on water, blowing you mind. That's me. Jesus, Peter said, "If it is you, say I'll come out on the water." See, he had a question. He said, "If it is you, tell me, come on the water, come." And then Peter got out the boat, and he got on the water. Right? He had faith enough to say, "Lord, if that's you, just say the word." I'm going to come. You see, faith is not just words, but actions. So he believed it, and then he walked it out. Y'all don't hear me. Uh, the, the centurion soldier came to him saying, I'm not good enough for you to come into my house, but just say the word. And my servants will be here. He walked out. From his house, believing that God, if you just say the word. Because I understand that when I tell my soul to do something, they come back with it done. So I understand the authority and the power that you have, God, that if you just say the word, I can trust in you. I can wait on your response. That's the beautiful thing about faith. Faith also teaches how to wait. Teach me how to wait, Lord Jesus. When I can learn to wait on the Lord, understanding that he is going to do what he said he's going to do. We, we said all the time, he may not come when you want, but he's always on time. The issue is that because we are impatient, we want it now, but God knows the right time to move. And faith in God teaches us how to wait, how to trust him and to follow his leading and be obedient to the spirit and not be under the subjection of the flesh. When we're not in the flesh, that means we're in the spirit, because you understand the flesh is fighting with the spirit. The enemy trying to have his way. Don't don't give in to the flesh. That's why you gotta feed your spirit. You need to spend some time in prayer, some time in His Word, time meditating on His Word. That means read His Word out loud. Yeah, that's what I said. Read His Word out loud. Talk to yourself. Allow the word to hit your heart and and meditate on it, chew on it, and let it marinate and let it dwell on you. Spend some time on it say, don't just read and say, I read my Bible. There's a lot of people that have read the Bible from front to back but still don't know what's in the word. Because to know the word is to live the word. Y'all don't hear me? See, we don't have this head knowledge. We want to experience God. That, that's why I like that song, when I see Jesus, right, when I see Jesus, not because when I know Jesus, y'all don't hear me, it's when I see, when I experience him, when I fear him, when I sense him, when I'm in his presence, things change. When we were talking about Moses, right, when Moses saw the bush, he was still okay, but once the bush stopped, he was in awe and and fell on his face when he experienced the presence of God, there's something special when we experience the presence of God. There, there might be a moment in time if you can look back and think about those times you experienced His presence, and all of a sudden your knees bent. That you went from standing up, that you went from lowering yourself because of the weight of the experience of His presence. There might have been a time your face was dry. And then all, it, all of a sudden it became wet from the experience of feeling God. The times that your stomach was feeling good, then it got into knots. From the experience of feeling God. The times that we have gone from repentance and times from sorrow to joy, just from hearing the word of God beating our chest, weeping and saying, Lord, forgive me for I'm a sinner. Or saying, thank you, Lord, but you are good. Experiencing him for our sin. That's why I like the song. You hear me say it oftentimes, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so when we experience it, and one thing I want to highlight again about how Abraham experienced him, it, it says that God preached to him. I, I like that. I-, I like that being a preacher, and you know how God, the greatest preacher, preached to Abraham the gospel. It says and it says that he Abraham came to believe from the preaching of God. God proclaimed the blessing of Abraham. Y'all, y'all see that there in the text? Join with me. Look at it. In verses eight and nine. What what's more the scriptures look for to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith? God proclaimed. God preached. God made clear the good news to Abraham long ago when he said all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Uh, This promise you can find in Genesis 12 chapter verse 3. When God says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt, all the families on earth will be blessed uh, through you. You look at this text also points out how the whole Bible preaches Jesus. Jesus is being preached right here in Genesis chapter 12. That through the blessing of Abraham, we will be saved. And Abraham. Blessing now comes down. As we know, when we look in Matthew, it says something from 42 generations, right? Come on down to Jesus, right? The blessing of Abraham coming through his lineage, coming through the tribe of Judah, being born in a manger, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This blessing that God has prepared way back before even Abraham, we look in Genesis, he says that from the woman, a seed will be born. And he will crush the head of the serpent and he will bruise his heel. God has been foretelling the eternal salvation of his creation from the time he made Adam and Eve. Thank God for being a good preacher. And so now this gospel has been proclaimed. So all who put their faith in Christ shall share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. What's the blessing that Abraham received? He was credited righteous. But yet, now we get into some buts. Buts in the conjunction, junction, what's my function? But means the opposite, not this, but that. And so look with me here, right? Verse 10, but those who depend on the law. So the but come here. So he went in saying that you who are living by faith have been credited right. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. Uh, So do you want to be under his faith and grace and mercy, or do you want to be under the curse? Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. Isn't that what Jesus said, that if you broke one of them, you broke them all? So verse 11, so it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. Those who depend on the law are cursed. The law states this very curse to them, as Paul is referencing from Deuteronomy 27 and 26. Cursed is anyone who does not affirm and obey the terms of these instructions, and all the people reply, Amen. This is when God is re- retelling the law to the children, that there's a blessing and there's a curse to this law. And then when they went into the promised land, one was on one side of the mountain, one was on the other side. There's a blessings and the cursing. Basically saying that if you obey these laws, yes, you will be blessed, but also if you disobey these laws, you will be cursed. And If you break one, you broke them all, you'll be cursed. So which means that you cannot be perfect and keep the law. You are in need of a sacrifice or something to atone and make right what has been made wrong. Verse 11 says in Galatians 3, so it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. But the scripture says it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It's by faith. We trust in God. We thank God because of Jesus. Again, I said the conjunction, but the opposite, not this, but that. So if it's not the law, then what is it that's going to make us righteous? It is our faith. Look at verse 13. It says, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took up himself the curse of our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. You see what Paul did there? He pointed out how you can obey the law, but you'll end up being a curse. And who can remove this curse from you? Well, it was Jesus that he became our curse. How did he become our curse? Well, the law says, cursed is he who's hung on the tree. Didn't he die on the tree? Didn't he leave for you and me? And so Jesus became our curse so that we might be blessed. Not because of the work we have done, but because of the work he has done. I want to highlight here is not the power of your faith. But it's the power of who you put your faith in. God has the power to do it sitting above, beyond what you can ask or think or even imagine. And so as we are walking by faith and not by sight, meaning I'm walking on the power and the strength of God. Let me give you one more illustration. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done preaching. Now. Many of us understand what it means to have faith in something that has a power and sustainability to hold you up. Many times we go across to East Peor, you got to cross a bridge. And you have faith that that bridge is going to hold up your car and everybody else's car going across that bridge. I have not seen somebody stop traffic and get out and test that bridge before they get back in their car to see if it's sturdy. I've seen people drive 100 miles per hour. It might have been me driving across that bridge I've seen people walk across that bridge. I've seen people run across that bridge. I've seen people ride their bikes across that bridge. Believe it, every time that bridge has enough sustainability to hold me up and get me to my destination. What I want to encourage you that Jesus has told you that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but through me. Y'all see that how? He's the bridge. And we place our faith in Him. And He's the one that's able to sustain us and hold us and enable us. And cast says, you don't go alone. He said, I'll send you my Holy Spirit. That God to direct you and to keep you so that you can experience me along the way. And so as we live by faith and not by sight, not by words means I trust God to do everything He's going to do. And I need to do what God has called me to do. And sometimes in our lives, God asks us to do nothing and just let Him be God. Be still and know that I'm God. There's some times in our lives that we try to do too much work and we don't give God all the work. There's <laughs> some times in our lives that we need to let go and let God and surrender to Him and say, Lord, here's my life. Have thine own way, God, I tried it my way, and I keep on getting the same result, but I need your grace. I need your mercy. Lord, I need you to repair what has been broken in my life. I tried some other things, but, Lord, I'm turning it over to so you. thine have. way, speak, oh, God, and it shall be the. And so when we're walking in this faith, we experience his love. We experience his joy. We experience this peace. And we come to that we are not righteous because of what we have done. But we are righteous because of what Christ has done. And God puts it on our account that we are righteous. So I want to encourage you to let go of what you are trying to do to make yourself so right. And say, God, because of you, I'm right. And because of you now, I'm going to live right. I want to walk right. Because I want to honor you and bring glory to you. Who died on the cross for right. me. So Galatians 2 and 20 says no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me, who died for me, and who to me and who let us pray. Father, we thank you. Father, you redeemed us and restored us. Through the awesome work of the Son of God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Father, forgive the times that we try to work our way into heaven. That we try to do things to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. But realize, Lord, that there's nothing we can do to repay. So Father, we thank you for your credit of righteousness you place on us. Because of our faith in him, who is the senior above the hour ask for things or even that so, Father, Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that they get the flesh with their mouth. And meet their heart that Christ's is Lord and it shall be saved. And Father, Lord, I pray that someone looking for a church home, that you will guide them, direct them to a place where they can continue to grow and experience you in their lives as they surrender to you to be your child, to be your son, to be your daughter, and walk in the according to your name and your spirit. Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us online, for worshiping. If you've been encouraged by this message, comment, share, like, or follow us and join us on www.zinebcsecurity.com. You can download our app and stay connected uh, with us. Uh, Thank you for joining us this morning. God bless you and keep you in room. Jesus loves you, and so do I.